I, I really like Driving Miss Daisy. I don't care what anyone says. It's not as good as Green Book, but what is? <laughs>
for reasons we'll discuss. Apart from your previously professed like hope that I think it's racist, uh, <laughs> was there any other reason you picked this film in particular? I thought it'd be fun to get a chance to talk about it because it's not a film that anyone really talks about very much um, mm. for a kaleidoscope of of historical and uh, <laughs> etc. reasons. But it's a really great film and it's a film that I've kind of cherished for for a long time and kind of been waiting for suddenly everyone to go, you know what's a great film? White Dog. Mm. And the people who know, know. But it's not like trending, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to get yeah. White Dog trending. Everyone out there is going to be like, White Dog. Yeah, it's going to become like a film Twitter cliche. To yeah. To be a White yeah. Dog for business. Oh, another White Dog bro in my mentions. <laughs> okay, so I guess I'll you launch tell into... Us what it's about? Yeah. He was a beautiful white dog that was hurt and wounded. She nursed him back to health. Good shot. And he go. became Good her job. best friend. Yeah. Hey. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? Am I? Playful. <laughs> loyal. Protective. He was the perfect companion. White dog opens with a white woman hitting a white dog. That's the true. first thing you hear is after the lengthy overture, I guess. To, there's a really lengthy credit. Ennio Marconi did the score. Oh, yeah. Shout out. The great Ennio Marconi, R.I.P. There's a black screen. You hear the sound of her hitting the, the dog. And then with her the car. first. With her car. To be clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the first shot is, you know, the dog's at the bottom of the frame and she, she's a, a screeched to a halt in her car. And she sees the dog still alive and gets it in, into her car, takes it to a vet. Vet is able to treat his wounds. It's not her dog, obviously, and she's advised to post her in the area that, that you found the dog. The other option was basically to send it to the pound where if no one claimed it in three days, it would get put to sleep. And so she takes the dog home and she puts up the posters and she has this annoying boyfriend who's like, <laughs> you should keep the dog as a bodyguard to protect you. And she, lives, then- she lives alone in the woods. Yeah, she lives alone up in the up in. I mean, in a house in the woods, to be clear. In the woods, as in like in the really upper part of like Beverly Hills or something. Like she's she's, she's an fine. she's an actress and he's a screenwriter. And the dog's very friendly. And there's a notable scene where she is trying to shove a penicillin pill down his throat, and he is remarkably accepting of this and does not uh, snap at her, or get angry, or even growl much. And then later on, some guy breaks into her apartment to try and rape her, and the dog saves her, uh, mauls the rapist, and yeah. she becomes very uh, bonded to the dog through this incident. Yeah. They've, they've both saved each other. Yes, that's well put. Incredibly, it's at this point that the boyfriend starts to turn against the dog he, that did the thing that he, <laughs> he suggested that it do. The white dog, it's a white German shepherd, I just want to underline the word German. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dog goes off to chase a rabbit and never comes back. And then she's like looking for the dog and goes to the pound. And when she's in the pound, she sees a dog get put into a gas chamber and put to sleep. Hmm. She's very disturbed by it. And while the dog is out, it attacks and kills a black man 
He's driving a street cleaner? Yeah. He's a guy driving and he ju- like jumps in the window and attacks him. Yeah, and kills him, to be clear. Uh, and the dog, you know, she goes back home and the dog shows up covered in blood and she's just like, oh, were you in a fight? Poor dog. <laughs> well, she doesn't know. I know she doesn't know, but it's I'm just underlying, underlining the uh, dramatic irony. Then the actress is working with an, another actress on a small scene for a film and the other actress is black and the white actress has her dog on the set and the black actress moves forward in the shot and the dog sees her and goes apeshit and attacks her, mm-hmm. though he doesn't kill her. But she has to, she's like in hospital for like a long time. <laughs> yes. At this point, the, the boyfriend's like, kill the dog. kill kill the dog please kill the dog and she will not consider it she's like there has to be someone who can help us and i can't remember if it's explicit or not but i assume through his showbiz connections she is sent to this animal trainer who who keeps and trains animals for for movies and a very pointed establishing shot is them like training with cougars or lions or mm. like big, big cats yeah. and being able to easily direct and lead the animals mm-hmm. wearing no safety gear or anything yeah and she goes in it's a partnership Carruthers and Keys and the first person she meets is Carruthers who is the portly bearded white old man half of the team <laughs> very charming performance she explains the situation in detail after some comedic back and forth. And he's like, kill the dog. Kill the dog. Kill the dog. Good friend of mine had a German shepherd for eight years. Lived with him. Slept with him. Hunted and fished with him. Did everything with him. Then one night that dog turned and chewed my friend's chubber out. That dog was an old attack dog. He's the one who also identifies that it's a white dog, not just an attack dog. Yeah, because the when she's leaving after he said all that stuff, the dog sees a black guy and goes and, shit and attacks him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, and yeah, and he explains like, this is a white dog, a dog that has been trained to attack and kill black people on site, mm-hmm. and these are a real thing. Famously in South Africa, they they were quite common, and uh, but also in the U.S. Um, in the original novel that this film is based on, the dog is a, a, a an Alabama police dog, yeah. and he's like, there's no way, like an attack dog is one thing, but a white dog that has been trained to hate and fear black people so much that they will attack them on sight as a preventative measure. And then the camera meaningfully zooms in on the other name on the sign, Keys. And he is a younger black trainer. Mm-hmm. And we will soon learn has an obsession with proving he can cure a white dog and developing a method for curing white dogs because making a white dog is time consuming and expensive. It's simple. Find a black wino who desperately needs a drink or black junkie who do anything for a fix and then pay them to beat that dog of yours when he was a puppy a puppy 
the younger the better. And as it all grew up, those methodical beatings by blacks planted that seed of fear in him. And that fear became hate, and that hate conditioned him to attack the color black before... Before black can attack him. Keyes has already failed twice to cure a white dog of its racism. And later, when things are getting hard, he says that he will never stop drawing. He'll go find another white dog and another white dog and another white dog. So he takes on the white dog. And Which his... Carruthers is like, do not do this. <laughs> yes. Carruthers is very against it. Carruthers is like, you got work to do, Keys. You can't be doing this. And he, and he's just like, I am taking five weeks vacation and I'm working on this dog. <laughs> yeah. And he works with a dog. He wants to break its will by letting it attack him while he's wearing padding and learning that it's not worth his time and effort and energy to attack him, to, like, wear him down through repeatedly defeating him in combat, essentially. And also, only he's allowed to feed the dog so that the dog knows it needs him, that he's stuck with him. Which, uh, at one point, the actress, whose name I honestly can't remember... She gives the the dog a hamburger, and Keys like loses his shit. It's like no. Her name's Julie, by the way. Okay, Julie. But then the dog goes goblin mode and just like bites its way out of the roof of its cage. It's a really smart dog. Yeah, it's really smart, and we're told it's really powerful. Like in universe, it's like if if, if Nope is what if Jaws, but the shark is in the sky. Uh, this is Jaws, but what if the if the shark is racist? Like it's just so <laughs> disproportionately deadly and vicious, and it escapes and it chases a black That's, guy. It, I want you to remember that you said that for later. I'll just say that he chases a black guy into a church and kills him while he's out. They're all like running around looking for him, and he's already way out in the streets and like kills a guy in a church and. They get the dog back, and at this point, Julie has signed on to Team Kill the Dog. <laughs> She's like, just get it over with, man. And he's like, I'm not going to stop until I've either succeeded or failed decisively one way or the other. And if I fail, I'm going to get another dog, get another dog, get another dog. And so he's, you know, resumes training the dog, and he's making really good progress, actually. He gets the dog to eat from his hand without biting him. And Julie's on the way for, like, to see the final day of the dog's progress or whatever. Like, this is the test that will prove it. And the dog's original owners show up. And it's a big, fat, white man, elderly, with a horrible, horrible smile. <laughs> and his two two little granddaughters. And he comes to climb the dog. And Julie's like, how could you do this what you know what kind of sick fuck are you and like screams in the little kids faces about what a sicko their grandfather is well no the the best is she because she says it's your dog and he's like yeah and she says did you train him and he goes yeah since he was a puppy and then she says to be a white dog and he just smiles and goes and the best of the lot oh he's horrible horrible and she, you know, goes to 
there's a big test and her and Keys and Carruthers are all standing equidistant from the dog in this big fighting cage that they've been doing the training in called the arena. And the dog is released and it starts bolting towards Keys immediately. And it's looking real vicious. You hear it growling, but then it gets to Keys and it's friendly towards him. And then it runs towards Julie and it's looking real vicious and growly. And it goes right up to Julie and is friendly towards her. And then it turns to Carruthers and runs towards him, looking real angry and growly and dangerous and fucking jumps on him and starts trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. It is, of course, interesting that Carruthers is an elderly, fat, southern white man, much like the dog's previous owner. Mm-hmm. And before it can kill Carruthers, Keith shoots the dog in the head. End of film. End of film. And that's the end. Uh, you know how you said that it was like Jaws if the shark was racist? Yeah. Well, the uh, the Paramount executives uh, said in a memo that they wanted White Dog to be Jaws with paws. And for any <laughs> racial elements... But no, no, wait, wait. For any racial elements to be downplayed, never overtly addressing the issue of racism per se. That sounds like Samuel Fuller read that and was like... But it's just like, I don't like being told what to do. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. I don't like being told what to do. Everyone's always telling me what to do all the time. And making the film the most blunt, didactic... Everybody talking out loud about the ideas of the film and their philosophical stakes to each other all the time film ever made. Is that is that a negative review? Do you want to hear my general thoughts before yeah, yeah, we... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I have a prepared statement. Prepared statement. Okay. White Dog is a nasty, vulgar, upsetting film, a didactic B-movie with mid-budget pretensions that was often viscerally unpleasant to watch, and all those things about it I actually respected quite a bit. At its best, White Dog is a remarkably effective and affecting film, bluntly provocative and provocatively blunt. I can't pretend (laughs) it didn't make me feel things, and I can't deny that many of those things were interesting. But... I also found it surprisingly unstimulating for long stretches, especially as it went on. I found it tedious, repetitive, dull. I don't think it's racist, but mostly because I don't think it has as much to say about racism as you would expect from a film about a racist dog. A part of me wishes it were more offensive just so it would be more anything. Three stars, the same rating I gave Ballistic X vs. Sever, the lowest rated film in the history of Rotten Tomatoes. I think this is a much, much better film than Ballistic X vs. Sever, but I enjoyed watching Ballistic X vs. Sever a lot more. That's The idea of it being boring is really interesting to me. Because, okay, for, for everyone at home, the film's like 90 minutes on the button. And to me, it's like so tense and thrilling the whole way through. Both the like philosophical discussion-y sections and the whatever the dog's fucking running at somebody (laughs) it's like ah no don't do it dog don't do it in terms of it not having much to say about racism that seems crazy to me it's got so much to say and it doesn't give like 
it asks some really hard questions and it doesn't give like a, a definitive answer to those questions i think i think it's got a lot of very big ideas i think it brings up a lot of very big ideas <laughs> I, I i guess i just didn't feel like it said that much that interested me at least about about them i found okay. it kind of shallow interesting can i tell you a little bit about the book mm. i read okay, a little so... bit about it and i i definitely was hoping to hear more well did you hear what the trainer does in the book no i don't think so in the book the black trainer deliberately retrains the dog to attack white people and, he, and he's a Muslim, so. <laughs> That's, the guy who wrote it was French, right? <laughs> he was living in France. I feel like he might be American or both okay. or something. I don't know. There's just something, he was French. I was, I say that because there's something like quintessentially French about the union of like American style <laughs> racism and French style racism in the, the black Muslim trainer. <laughs> Um, turning our dogs against us. <laughs> the NAACP and other civil rights organizations were uh, concerned when the film was in production. And in fairness, it sounds like the, the book is very racist. So, you know, mm. fair enough. So mid-filming, Paramount brought in two black consultants. Like, one was from the NAACP and the other was from another organization. And I'm not sure what materials they were shown or anything because the film wasn't finished. But mm. one of them thought it wasn't racist at all, and the other thought it was racist and shouldn't be made. And Fuller was not told about any of this until film was nearly done. The like filming was nearly done, and he was really insulted <laughs> and upset. Yeah, I can well imagine. And then, when the film was due to come out, the NAACP threatened a boycott, and Paramount were just nervous as fuck in general. Mm. And they ended up releasing it for one week in one cinema where it did no business because they gave it no promotion. And then they shelved it, a la yeah. Batgirl. <laughs> the, the only time that White Dog <laughs> and Batgirl will ever be compared. Yeah. Uh, it was given a proper release outside of America. Fuller said that Paramount were afraid of how the KKK would react. Mm. Um, mm. Which, you know, I don't know. But then in 1991, the head of Paramount's uh, repertory division somehow convinced them to let him book the film as part of a fuller retrospective at New York's Film Forum. But secretly, he made it a full one-week booking and billed it as the New York premiere. And it got great reviews, and the Village Voice called it the best film of the year. Smart stuff. And then Paramount presumably were very embarrassed, but it didn't get released on DVD until 2008, so... Fucking hell. <laughs> That explains how hard I had to work to get to get White Dog. <laughs> wow, that's um, that's a really fucking long time. That's what uh, twenty eight six years. It was originally supposed to be directed by Rome Polanski in the seventies, but then uh... <laughs> I, I I I can infer what happened from the timeline there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like in development hell for a decade, and mm. then there was about to be a writers and directors strike. And Paramount was like, what can we make quick enough th that we'll have something ready to go when the strike is going on? So they were like, hmm, white, remember White Dog? <laughs> and when you want it fast and cheap and with sensitive racial politics, who do you call? Sam Fuller, I guess. Yep. Although not in your opinion, I guess, but whatever. No, I don't think it has, I want to be clear, I don't think it has insensitive racial politics. I think is a film that absolutely despises racism and 
really does view it as a horrible sickness. Not in the sense that it absolves anyone of responsibility, blah, 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 blah. That it's like a spiritual sickness, like that it's, it degrades yeah. the soul. And that it's learned. That's a huge yes. part of it. That racism is, is taught. And the question at the heart of the film is whether it can be unlearned. Yeah. And whether you can de-radicalize someone who has white supremacist beliefs. And that's what makes the ending so like hopeless and heart-wrenching because it's like... Because it really seemed like he he had cured the dog. Yeah. And in my memory, he attacked Keys. Mm. But he attacks Carruthers, which is interesting because it's not just him being like, I'm still a white dog, even though that's part of it. It's like, yeah, it's really bleak and yeah. uncomfortable. And I think that because it ends that way, it like leaves it very open in terms of the questions it's talking about, about de-radicalization and, and unlearning and stuff. Yeah. Because is it possible to cure a white dog? We don't really know, you know? Yeah, I think if you read it in the in the most like straightforward fashion, what happens in the final scene, like, and even and it says a lot about this film that this is the optimistic reading that you can cure someone of prejudice, but you can't cure them of like the deeper sickness of uh, being willing to do violence. Yeah, yeah. And you can cure them of one fear, but that will just change the hierarchy of fear. And that's the optimistic. <laughs> that's the optimistic reading. Well, I but I but I still think the film is saying that it's worth trying, mm. even if it is I, kind of hopeless and bleak. I don't know if you agree with that. I think that the film leaves that even more open ended as yeah. a question, but I do think it's kind of giving you two options if you want them, which are. <laughs> Keys's point of view, which is like, it doesn't matter how hard it is, it doesn't matter how long it takes, and it doesn't matter how many times we fail, we have to keep trying. Mm -hmm. And then there's kill the dog, kill the dog, kill the dog, kill the dog. Which which team are you on? <laughs> As a human being, I am on Team Keys, but I think the film makes a really compelling case for kill the dog. <laughs> And I do think that 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 might be even bleaker than the ending. The case that it makes for hopelessness is it might be even more hopeless than the hopelessness of failure. Like yeah, because it's like permanent hopelessness. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Kid, you tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, I personally live in hope, etc. Yeah. But same. I do think that the film's bleakness is like it's for something I'm very glad is in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because its bleakness is like well earned. I think. Yes. Like it, like it yeah. really wrangles with really hard questions that are really hard to answer, and the ending it comes to is bleak, but like. It's not like a bleakness. It's not like a fatalistic bleakness, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's the bleakness. It's a bleakness you, you can choose to accept as as hopeless, but it's not like arguing it's for its own hopelessness. Yeah. It's just ending at a low point. Because <laughs> there's yeah. got to be another dog. Because Keys isn't going to stop. 
even if I mean Corellis could be dead. Yeah, he certainly is isn't well. Because <laughs> he got attacked by the strongest dog in the world. <laughs> yes, the strongest, smartest, most viciously lethal dog ever. I gotta shout out again that that he's a German Shepherd. Because mm. because. Mm. Like the Nazis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. German. Nazi. Ah, I get it. Yeah. Come on, everyone. We're late for the Bavarian Folk Festival. <laughs> you know those Germans. If you don't join the party, they'll come get you. I guess my thing is that by the end of the film, I didn't feel like the film had said anything that I didn't think was implicit in the ethical dilemma of a white dog, if you think about it. But that's the... That's what it is. It's one of those movies that has like one idea and it just does that really tight, you know? I think too tight for me. I okay. think it like... You want a sprawling three-hour epic about the dog? I mean, genuinely kind, genuinely kind of, but also <laughs> just like... It's been over five weeks. A very arbitrary five weeks, by the way. It's just how long he has vacation now he's saved up. Yeah. It's not like... like like, it's actually set over much longer because Keys doesn't even come into it until like half an hour in. But anyway, I bet I just meant the the actual okay. program. I'm just, I'm just saying the mo the movie set over a much longer time than that. Yeah, but um, like I know he like like that that he had to shoot a dog to save Carruthers felt almost like an arbitrary stopping point because he could have just written the scene to not to have Carruthers be capable of being targeted but not in danger, and then continue the story past that point and keep going with the ideas. For me, by the time I got to the end of the film, like it just felt like it hadn't said that much more. Well, this is what racism is like. But that is what racism is like. <laughs> but I had already felt that that was what its view of racism was like when it introduced the ethical dilemma of the white dog. I didn't feel like like I got I, much more out of it beyond that. I feel like okay, like as like a differentiator, mm. when I saw this film, uh, I never heard of it. It was on yeah. Netflix. Would you believe? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but I'd never heard of a white dog. That was not mm. a thing I was familiar with. And I found that whole, like, and obviously I am, like, rewatching it, obviously I am, because I saw the movie before. Yeah. But, like, in that first section of the movie, Julie becomes so, like, has this, like, forged in the fire bond with the dog. And we have that same bond with her. Because the dog seems so sweet and nice, and but it, it can be vicious, but it, like attacks her rapist. So you're like, yeah, go doggy. Hmm. And then it's like, I'm an evil racist, and you're like, <laughs> this dog that I love is a racist. <laughs> no. And to me, there's like a constant back and forth of like the ethical dilemma of the movie. I mean, to me, that's like just a fascinating dilemma. But like the way that you see the interplay of it within the dog and also within the different characters, like how they change positions depending on what's happening. And it's not that it's necessarily saying like something groundbreaking about racism, right? Mm. Although I think probably at the time, the idea, like uh, the ideas of like racism as like alert thing were probably not quite as prevalent as they would be. Like, that's, like, the mainstream understanding of racism now. Yeah. Whereas there was certainly a time in the past where white people, anyways, would have mostly thought about racism as, like, a an, like an inborn trait. Mm. But then the other thing about it is that it's he's not just, like, a racist dog. 
he's a white supremacist dog and it's a film about radicalization and like extremist ideology in a way that to me felt if anything more relevant than ever because and and this i was i was planning on doing like a countdown clock uh to you mentioning q uh, (laughs) because i was sure that you would be like this is just like q and like and what do we do with all the with all the the q followers that have been brainwashed and all and so forth and uh and you were just like yeah i get reasons but I, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry to have ruined <laughs> ruined your joke. So now I'm the one who's mentioning Q. It's all it's all topsy turvy. What is this opposite land? <laughs> I I guess like I think part of it is like I will say I, I I just don't know what to do at all with how you're supposed to think about the description of how the dog is made racist in terms of like the allegory or in terms of the discussions. Like, cause it's, it's because it's, of paying the black people to beat the puppy. No, because the whole scenario is crazy and doesn't like track to any real life thing. Like, I, I can't, I can't think of it in relation to like how people really develop racist feelings. Because <laughs> what's a, it's not like any of the ways people develop racist feelings. To it's me. just. It, but that's because dogs do not learn in the manner of humans. I know, but but it's it's, it's a the fucking fil- metaphor, isn't it? Yeah, but they, I don't know. It's just, I guess it feels arbitrary to not um, consider that as part of an analysis of the metaphor. You mean just like it doesn't really track with anything? Because in in real life, someone doesn't become racist because when they were a kid, a black person was mean to them. Is that what you mean? Or what? Do, I, yeah, like, like, not. It doesn't necessarily even have to be like specific, like documentable instances. But it's like it's not even like like similar to an idea we might have of how people become racist. It's very extreme and specific. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, part of that is just because dogs don't have ideologies, so it's yeah harder to have a direct correlation there. But also, I would say that part of racism is like okay i recently saw birth of a nation Mm. which if anything is more racist than people say it's literally the most racist film i've ever seen but lillian gish is fabulous in it (laughs) you know uh do you think margaret thatcher had girl power yes of course do you think she effectively utilized girl power by funneling money to illegal paramilitary death squads in northern ireland i don't know about that pluses and minuses but part of the kind of that's like that's a white supremacist film like explicitly like the happy ending of the film has the kkk violently intimidating black people out of voting right but part of like the feeling that the film wants you to have is fear of black people the the fear of the idea of black people in power and also fear of the idea of black people like physically as well Mm. so like the idea of them in power there's this there's this incredibly incredibly racist part even by the film standards where they're showing black congressmen during reconstruction and they're like in the halls of congress taking their shoes off and eating fried chicken oh my god (laughs) 
but like you it's 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 the the idea that it wants you to have the feeling that it wants you to have is like as a white person this is terrifying that that black people would be in charge and would put me down right which mm. obviously is insane and racist but mm. but then there's also the physical aspect in terms of the trope of the idea of a of a black person raping a, yeah. a white woman a black man raping a white woman and kind of presenting black people as like like bigger and stronger than white people but in a way that suggests an being animalistic yeah not like they're physically superior like they're like yeah. they're like animals and i think that you could make not like a perfectly direct like one to one at all but i do think there is a relationship there between how the dog is made racist and in ter in terms of the function of white supremacist ideology like yeah he's got yeah, a, I guess. a white supremacist dad is owner Mm. who ha like inculcates him in a belief that black people are a threat to him. Yeah. And so he learns to not just fear but hate black people. Yeah. And I you know think what that this... that's true true to life. You know what this is weirdly making me think of? Peacemaker. Oh my god, I was just thinking about Peacemaker. <laughs> When I said he's got a white supremacist dad, I suddenly went just like Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah, 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 exact same. White supremacist dad, and it all clicked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both had the same thought at the same time. Peacemaker is a white dog. <laughs> that is so true. He is so he is so um, a white dog that fails to take to its training. Oh. Damn. Now think about Peacemaker. <laughs> Great show, everyone at home. Great show, great show. I can't, I can't wait to see what brings the gang back together in season two. I can't wait for Peacemaker to fuck a dude. Yes, yes. If you haven't watched the show, he is, he is, he is bisexual. I'm not just like saying that randomly, even though yeah. that's generally my position <laughs> in most things. This is, this has specific textual basis. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, White Dog is a 1982 drama <laughs> horror film. I was going to say I'm glad you don't think it's racist, but actually my goal was for you to think it's racist. <laughs> In many ways, this is the worst case scenario. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've really let down the side somehow, like like presented the worst possible outcome of, <laughs> of, of not liking it, but not hating it. And not thinking it's racist. <laughs> my pals down i let the club down and i let my best friend down dean buckley kira maloney are you glad that you watched white dog i'm really glad that i watched white dog what <laughs> i i'm a complicated this... man what can i say <laughs> um it was to that first act, like I think I've undersold how much I I I I, I good I found that first act because that first act, um, leading up to the first um, attack on the the garbage truck driver, like when I say that that made me feel like really like sick to my stomach, it really did, and I really admired and appreciated that. I think maybe 
part part of it is just like like that first act is so propulsive and dramatic and in your face and like I got my hopes up too much maybe for the rest <laughs> of the film and so I ultimately found like I said a lot of it quite tedious and repetitive um uh something really lost lo- something really happened for me when I went to the ranch the ranch scenes are just I just a black guy showing up <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really interesting film to watch it's I'm glad that I watched such a a film that is, if you actually look at the sweep of film history and not what people have heard of, is actually a quite historical film. Like like a film getting that kind of a backlash in the 80s is insane. And particularly a anti-racist backlash when the 80s are the decade when like the Reaganite moral majority took over the rating system. Also, like in cinema, I, I really feel like the 80s is like the blackface comeback generation. <laughs> Insert insert clip from the trailer for Soul Man. Is that the one where I want to say is it C. Thomas Howell or something? Of course. He pretends to be black to get affirmative action into college or something? I'm going to send you the trailer. Okay. Harvard Law School. Yeah! yeah! Tuition and fees. <laughs> 10000 $493. Harvard Law School. This is a big day for all of us. That's why I've decided to let you pay your own way. Estimated annual living expenses. You ever applied for a loan before? $7,500. Mr. Watson, you don't pay your bills. Get out. Total for three years of law school. <laughs> Wait a second, look at this. Full tuition for the most qualified applicant, most qualified black applicant. $53,979. Don't you think you're overreacting? No. Congratulations, Mr. Watson. Thank you, sir. It's gonna be great. These are the 80s, man. It's the Cosby decade. Let me fast forward a little. From the producer of Risky Business, Soul Man. Oh my god. He didn't give up. He got down. Not on. Oh you really God. hate the Beach Boys now? He didn't give up. He got down. He got down. Oh my God, that I feel like I like everything I'd ever heard about that film and not really understood clicked into place when it said from the producer of Risky Business. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 I get the tone now completely. I get it. I get the kind of film. This is. Gotcha. The producer said it was like Tootsie. <laughs> show next episode uh, despite doing a bonus episode with one of your films last time and one of your films this time we are doing one of your films for our <laughs> halloween episode it's a halloween special on halloween the movie the john carpenter classic uh i have seen some other john carpenter films like what two two of them are, are among my favorite films ever which are the thing and yeah. they live yeah and uh, the other one I've seen is Assault on Precinct 13. Do you like Assault on Precinct 13? It's great. It's so Western set in a cop precinct. I love how the 
the score is just like blippity bloop on a keyboard with yeah. like two fingers and it's like the greatest score ever written. <laughs> but yeah, it seemed like an appropriate film to do for a Halloween special. Halloween, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have got to do uh, two Halloween episodes in a row and Christmas. So I am taking Christmas this year. <laughs> That's fair. But, uh, but I mean, really. Don't say what. Until next time, I'm Kira Maloney. I'm Dean Buckley. The song was Bushdog by Alexander Nakarada. And this was The Sunday Presents. And a very happy birthday to Eminem. Okay, guilty pleasure. When I look at a white dog or cat, I assume that they're racist.